Hi and welcome to another episode of the Getting Things Done podcast from Vital Learning. I am Morten Røvik and I am with my good friend and colleague as always, Lars Rotskill Hendriksen. Privet Lars. Privet Morten, good to be with you as always and to be with our listeners and viewers out there. We always start off with a quick reminder of the purpose of this podcast, which is to help you learn GTD or become even better GTDers. So we hope that today's episode supports you in that. If you are new to GCD, we always recommend you go back and listen to the first episodes of the podcasts, episodes one through six, to get an introduction to the basics of GTD, the five steps. Today's episode number is number 93 of the podcast, and it is an extended interview episode. It is, because you've been uh, talking to Don Blake-Pedersen. Uh, he's a Dane. And uh, I will give you the rights to introduce him more you know, lightly, and he will. I'm sure he will present himself in the interview as well. So, but uh, yeah, I spoke to Dan, um, and and I'll um, you know I'll, I'll mention it uh, in the as we as we go through the the interview and, and talk to Dan. But he's a, he's a long time GCDer from from Denmark. Mm. Um, he has a lot of interesting things to to say, um, both about himself and his own GTD practice in his job, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, as a, as a father. Um, but also about a framework that I had not come across before uh, that he mentioned at one point in, in time. So it's called Kinevin. If you read the episode title, you probably did not expect that to be the way it was pronounced, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll dive into that in the episode as well. Uh, it's a really mm-hmm. interesting framework perhaps to combine and, and, and be aware of in your own GCD practice. So mm-hmm. looking forward to, uh, to the interview. Me too. So let's just roll the interview. And now, our special guest. I am here with Dan Bleger Pedersen, who is Head of Tech, Retail and Enablement for Bestseller, and you also find time to teach at the Business Academy in Aarhus. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Lars. Really been looking forward to it, being an avid DTDer for, for many, many years. I'm just really excited to be here. And while I'm here as well, thank you for doing these podcasts. It's been a pleasure to be part of that journey from number one and all up to what are we now, 90 or something around that? Yeah, we're closing closing in on a, on 100. And thanks, uh, thanks so much. Yeah, we've, we've known each other for a while. Um, I've delivered a seminar for your team. Other team members have joined some of the public courses that we have. And we spoke uh, at one point after one of your team members, uh, Maria, uh, attended level two seminar. And you had a very interesting discussion with her regarding projects where you introduce this Kunevin framework. And the reason I'm trying to pronounce it that way is because I've only known it on text for, for so long. And the way you write it is not how I would expect you to pronounce it. And I think it's because it's a, a Welsh word. Um, so, but, but that conversation sparked uh, my interest uh, and that, um, and that was sort of leading us to this, uh, this conversation that we've planned for a while now. So I've been really looking Looking forward to this. So um, we agreed to set up this interview, talk about GCD practices as well, and also how you might use that framework in relations to, to GCD. But first things first, could you please tell the listeners a bit more about who you are and what you do? I'll be happy to. So my name is uh, Dan, as you said. Right now I have the privilege of working in uh, Bestseller. Uh, Bestseller is a Danish uh, fashion company. We have stores more or less uh, all around the, the world. And in that context, I have the privilege of working with our retail stores and other miscellaneous stuff, if you will, regarding our tech uh, team in, in Bessola. 
that's kind of it. And then as, as you said as well, I do some uh, training on the side where I teach uh, different stuff that could be related to product management or different technology topics, something like that. I do that simply because I love teaching uh, to be able to you know, push knowledge to someone else and just see that they just get, get a little bit of a spark. Sometimes it's just fantastic. That makes, uh, makes my day. So that's more or less me. I'm married to two kids and uh, have a teenager. We can maybe get back to that. We're also trying to, uh, let's say, force feed a TTD into her at least. Uh, I have a one and a three-year-old, not there yet, but uh, the 14-year-old, we're working on it. <laughs> Sound, sounds good. Yeah, might be some tips from the Getting Things Done for Teens uh, book on, uh, on that one. Definitely. So, and you mentioned already that you have known GTD for, uh, for a long time. When, when did you start using GCD? I'm not completely sure, uh, to be honest. It's around 15, 20 years ago. Uh, I, in the beginning of the 2000s, I picked up the, the first book that was uh, handed to me as some kind of book club thing. Just read through it. I was like, I can't really use that. Two days later, maybe actually something is in here. I'm, I reread it. And then I just started building up my system. And over time, that meant using uh, post-it notes and stickers and all sorts of things. We're using uh, notebooks. And at the pro presently, I'm working in something called Trello. But I mean, to me, the tool is not that important. It's how I use it. And then I just want something that's ubiquitous that I can access anywhere. And as to, I think one of the most important tips for me is I always carry my trusty uh, just paper notebook mm -hmm. so I can uh, take notes down and jot down stuff uh, so I can remember. And so 20 years or so playing around with the GTD. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> those, those years add up and uh... But we, yeah. we don't get older, but we, we gain more experience. <laughs> and, and you've gone through the, the, the seminars as, as well. Uh, you actually put me to work after the level three seminar last year, requesting a level four seminar, which, yeah. which does not exist. So I'm working right now on, on setting that up, looking at some, some really cool venues that will really enable us to, to think through those, uh, those higher horizons. So I don't know where we will end up yet, but where we, we will end up, uh, I'm sure it will be, uh, be a very interesting few days uh, together that we'll have uh, hopefully later this year. I'm looking um, forward to it. As, as you know, just sign me up. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I think I'll, I'll perhaps learn as much as anyone else in that in that seminar. It'll, it'll be fun. But you use GTD both at home and at work. You already mentioned a, a teenager. Yeah, so to, to me, uh, GCD is, I don't know why, way of life is probably putting too much emphasis into it. It's like purpose of life, probably not doing stuff. Having said that, uh, I'm not able to discern uh, from my brain, at least, if I'm doing something work-related or not. So mm -hmm. uh, while we were setting up for, for this interview, I remember that I needed to buy something on my way home from the grocery store. I mean, that's not technically something I paid for, but that's something I remembered anyway, so let's put it on a list somewhere. And similarly, when I'm mowing the lawn or something, something work-related comes up, and then it goes into the, the list system as well. To me, it's, it's the same thing. I handle it with using context, so there's something that ends up on a list I can only do at the office, something I can only do at home. But honestly, these days, most stuff just ends up on a computer list because it doesn't really matter. As long as I have my computer in front of me, I can do it on my phone. Mm. But yeah, so, so to me, it's it's all mixed in together and then, you know, filter some stuff so I can see whatever I need to. But it's it's my life. It's my tasks. That's how I do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember at one point talking about this and yeah, I'm always doing stuff and some of it I'm paid for. <laughs> But it's really all the, you know, it's all it's all doing uh, and getting things done. Yeah, and use um, how how do you use GCD in your your role and and how do you use it perhaps with a with a team? What does that look yeah. like in your world? Uh, so 
I think let's start with my my role. So first things uh, first is that uh, if we look at uh, TCD, there's this higher horizon concept you, you might know. Otherwise, I'm sure Lars will put a, a link uh, down in the show notes so you can go to the right uh, episode there. But I have uh, these areas of responsibilities mapped out for my roles at my job, what am I responsible for? And I use those uh, first off in my weekly reviews to see have I actually got the progress I need. But I also take every month and every quarter a, a deeper dive into what do I want to achieve for each of those. And so basically map up projects. And then based on that, we end up having uh, next actions. That's what brings me forward if you will. And then of course, on a daily basis, something pops up, you need to do something and then just write that down. And that just goes into the jumble of, of next actions that needs to be uh, be handled. So mm-hmm. to me, it's it's both about uh, realizing something that's in the future, but also just about the day-to-day. And I think those are intertwined in both my personal life, but also in my work, because in the end, right, in any given day, we just do stuff. Uh, it doesn't really matter. We open the door, we go eat, we, we talk to someone, we do PowerPoint presentations, we do meetings, whatever it is. And the way we do it oftentimes helps us or not in achieving our long-term goal. So to me, it's important to always sometimes be reminded of what I want to achieve a little bit longer term. So that's kind of taking from the top and then building it down into my uh, my lists. Uh, and then at least for me, work-related, uh, the waiting for is a gift uh, and a bit of a curse. Because uh, that means every time I have something, I put it on the waiting for list, someone owes me something. I think they most people probably hate it because that means I follow up on more or less everything, uh, and that's not. Sometimes it's easier just to skip something. Uh, I think that's probably the one thing, and then uh, the other thing work related that's pretty important is that I have this um, work in progress uh, limitations on on my list, and we talked about that a little bit earlier last. But we have, I have, I want to have only so and so many uh, next actions in any given context, and that often makes me at least for me more effective uh, because on any given day I only have a very small selection of nuggets I can pick and choose from and then go and, and work on. That just often makes me able to do stuff more focused and get more stuff done on any given day. It probably also puts, you know, a little bit of a mental pressure on myself to, ah, come on, I need to finish this list before I go home so I can put new and interesting stuff on it today for the yeah. next day and so on. That was the one part of your question. Then you said, that, what about our teams? Well, uh, I asked everyone uh, in yeah. teams to uh, do TTD training with some of them and some of them have and they most of them loved it. And some of us are saying, yeah, we don't really get it yet. Uh, but they, everyone has taken one thing to heart. I mean, if you want to do the G2 methodology or not, it's not really paramount or important to me. I don't want to force that upon anyone. But what is done that is unique and something we don't do often enough is talking about how we work. Oftentimes, we talk about the context of the work. So we want to do something and code something, or how can we have a better meeting, talking about this and something, but we don't really talk about our own personal work processes. Mm-hmm. That's assumed that every one of us is experts in how we do stuff. But I mean, looking back at university or school before that, no one really had any kind of topic on those lines. So mm-hmm. we all kind of just stumbling around trying to figure out how to do it. And DTD for us has put that on a map. So it's, it's fair game to talk about how we work, not what we're working on, but how we're doing it and give tips and tricks to each other about something we can do even better. And that doesn't matter if something wants to have the, something on post-its or in a system or whatever, we can still always improve our ways of working. So I mean, that's kind of put it really on the map. That would be the second part of the answer, thank you. Hmm. Yeah, 
no really cool really cool it's always interesting to hear how it's um you know part of the work that 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 each and every one one do um if we look back at the the biggest wins with gtd for you is there anything sort of that that pops into your mind how it has impacted work life uh, or a specific uh, situation perhaps yeah i mean i want to start with the very generic thing and then can make it more specific but to me when i started out it was just about being a bit more getting more done right doing more check mark done 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 uh, but as I have progressed and gotten a better understanding of at least myself and, and my life, my goals, and be that in a work context or a personal context, then for some magical way, stuff just kind of materializes. Mm. So uh, for a couple of years, uh, my wife and I have been discussing if we should buy a summer house or, or not, and didn't really get anywhere. Uh, but once it materialized on my project list, six months later, we had a summer house, we were very, very happy with it. And it's exactly as we would like it to be. And this just, I think there's this French philosopher Voltaire. He has a quote that says, the chance favors the prepared mind. And mm -hmm. so if you don't know what you're looking for, how would you ever get it? So somehow by magic, putting stuff on my project list just makes it materialize uh, further down the road. And then maybe another thing that could be almost couple counseling, but my wife and I have uh, discussions where I mean, she's not really avid easy dear, she does some. But at the very least, we can discuss the high horizons, where what we want to achieve in life, where we're going, and that aligns us a lot more on. So why are we actually wanting this summer house? Well, we have each of our reasons, but they coincide in this action. So let's just go buy the house. And so stuff like that is probably what's the most important to me. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny. We were talking about the high horizons in one of the more recent meetups where David actually uh, showed up as well, un unannounced. So that was a, a nice surprise. Um, but one of the things we also talked about was the the goals. So that would be one or two years into the future, or by the end of next year, you want to have this experiences, whatever it might be. And um, my experience, and I know from others as well, is that yeah, they they kind of suddenly happen, and and, and oftentimes they actually happen faster than we expected. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see there. Yeah, there's some magic uh, behind uh, defining these things, and then suddenly it uh, yeah, oh. just just happens. <laughs> this is, forgive me, uh, I want to share one thing uh, David said uh, at that meeting, which at least uh, made me think differently about some things uh, when it comes to these fire horizons. Because oftentimes I thought about them as stuff I want to achieve, and that's kind of one way of going about it. But David introduced a the negation of that, mm -hmm. which is just mind-blowingly, of course, but just at least to me, it was very, very different to think about it like that. What is the things I cannot live without? So like two years from now or 10 years from now, everything will be okay if this still exists or that still exists. And I was thinking about it that way actually gave me some clarity. Instead of having a very long list of stuff I really want, like a kid at a toy store, right? Now I have a list that's a little bit shorter because stuff I really can't live without. I just need to have or need to achieve. So this going about those uh, both both directions thing is very, very valuable. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice uh, nice insight uh, in, that, uh, in that meeting. If we go uh, really practical, um, what tools are you using? You already mentioned Trello. What about reference systems, support material, capture tools, automations? What might you perhaps yeah, highlight so from, from that long list I'm imagining? This could be a long, uh, long conversation because over time, stuff just have to, happens to accumulate. Uh, right? mm -hmm. But from my, my list manager, if you will, I use a Trello, which honestly is not ideal because there's no real link between projects and actions. So I need to keep that I mean, in my head or somehow uh, fake that in, in the system. Uh, then why am I using something that ideal? Well, because I'm using it and there's a lot of change in it for me and it would take me months to change systems and I'm not really up for it because Trello is simple. I like simple. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's some start of that automations built into it. 
everything from every for me it's Friday morning. I do my I want to say maybe extended weekly review with my own adapted checklist that pops up there automatically. I know I need to do that if I add a task to my computer list that's automatically created something and I use OneNote for reference material at least electronically. I got a page there created automatically. Stuff like that. So I have a lot of tie-ins to different systems. Uh, we have a to-do list system we use for some of my work-related tasks. If it's something that's created there, it ends up on my personal to-do list as well. So I have one pane of truth, if you will, one place to to look. For, for capture, it's honestly everything. I have brain tools. I use that from time to time, but not that often, mainly when I'm driving. I have uh, my trusted notebook. I always carry with me with my pen. I have uh, on my computer when I'm there, I can push something in the email or just an app on my phone and all different kinds of ways. It's just set up in a way so it all funnels into my virtual inbox in my system. Mm -hmm. Or it could be my physical inbox, but that oftentimes ends into my virtual inbox anyway. Uh, and that kind of forces me, at least on a weekly basis, I would love to say I do this daily, but honestly, let's, let's say weekly. <laughs> I take my notes, all my physical notes from the week and, and I simply type them in. That gives me two advantages. One is I get them into my electronic reference system. That's nice. I also make sure that the actions I maybe forgot to put in immediately are now there. And then it kind of serves as a reminder. Oh, yeah, that's what we talked about. So it's kind of a memory jogger for what happened during, uh, during the week. So I do that at least once, uh, once a week. I empty out my, my notes, if you will, mm -hmm. together with all the normal stuff on your weekly review. Uh, and then uh, that's kind of it. Otherwise, pretty simple stuff. I mean, I have a physical inbox at home. My, my wife has one and my oldest kid has one as well. Uh, it's just easier for us to stop. Oh, she has something that's laying around the house. Hey, go, honey. Uh, and then put it into her, uh, her inbox. And she's kind of taking that to heart. So sometimes you know, uh, during a day, something breaks at home. It could be uh, something. My wife, she has a fountain pen. And I often the guy who changes the ink. Or it could be my, my kid who has something that runs out of battery, even a small one. And that stuff magically finds a way to my inbox mm -hmm. at home. And then I can say, oh, I need to fix something. So at least they, they have found out that it's a very efficient way to get there to do stuff. I'm not sure they completely converted yet, working on it, but at the very least they, they, they figured me out. Yeah, yeah. So no, and I can, I can really recognize that. Uh, when I left home this morning, I also noticed some stuff had found its way to my, my inbox. So there was a, a, you know, a poster from a theater event that we went to recently that we want to hang in the kids' uh, room. Um, there was also actually a, a toy that was not working. So my youngest, he, for for his birthday about a month ago, he really wanted uh, a remote-controlled snake. I don't know why, really? but but he really wanted that, and he got that. Uh, uh, but now that doesn't work, so I'll have to go and investigate, see what's uh, what's happening with that. But yeah, that found its way to my my inbox, mm -hmm. and um, and also I'm setting up inboxes for my kids at home as well. So they're five and seven now. The oldest turning eight soon. Um, so I'm playing around with that and actually also maybe creating a customized clarifying flow for them to see if that uh, that can actually help them get get started with uh, with GCD. So you just reminded me about that as you as you mentioned. That. I think at least for my teenager, especially the capture step has shown her a lot of value. She's not really great at the other stuff. doesn't really matter because for her, in her life, she uses her phone and that's basically her life, right? Everything is on there, but it's, it's a gazillion different apps. So something pops up here from a friend who needs to do something about it over here. There's something else. This is for school and, and, and so on. And then just having the ability or the mindset to take all those, put it in one place and then look at it. So oftentimes I see her just jotting stuff down on a paper and putting it in her own bin box because then she knows she'll get to it at some point. Right? So, mm -hmm. so just that part of this has given a lot of value to, to my, uh, my teenager. 
Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. And I hear that as well from other GCDers in the Danish GCD community that they have kids, maybe 10 or teenagers or whatever they, however old they are, but they really actually, the, the, the capture step is really, you know, nice to have a, a place to, to store these things once they're able to, to write or just have a place to store the stuff that they still need to do something about. Definitely recognize that. All right, let's move on to Nevin. Am I saying it right? <laughs> yeah, as, is to, as is to my knowledge, uh, I never personally met the author of it or the guy who made it is Dave Goy, I call Dave Snowden. Uh, he <laughs> made it while he was working at uh, IBM some years ago. Uh, so that's how I heard him pronounce it. You know, watch videos on YouTube uh, yeah. and I'm sure you can see it in the, in the link below. But uh, yeah, that's how I pronounce it as well, Kinnaman. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's spelled differently and that's what you saw in the podcast title. And I'll be sure to link as well to different uh, sites. Uh, I think it's from Welsh, meaning habitat or something like that. Yeah. It, it means uh, two things. The direct translation is habitat, but it, it doesn't really translate well into one word. Uh, so the way it's often talked about is the place of many belongings, hmm. which kind of, so to everyone listening here, okay, that's like weird, what are you talking about? Uh, and the idea is that the model talks about how we can make sense of the world. So that's a little bit philosophical, I guess. But it's talking about sometimes the world is pretty simple. Uh, you you trip over a bucket of water, the, the water fills the floor because the bucket tips over. Okay, that's easy. We get that. It's a simple thing. There's direct causality A and then B and so on. So it's easy. Everyone understands this. My kids understand this. Sometimes the world becomes a little bit more complex, but still predictable. So now we are in what the, in this framework is not called complex because words matter here. So it's called complicated. Complicated is something that still can you, you can figure it out, but it's the domain of experts. So when something is simple, it's when we talk about best practices, how you're supposed to do stuff. That's a right way of doing it. Everyone can more or less understand it. Now we go on to the complicated. It's the, where experts are needed. So if you want to completely dismantle a plane and put it back together or your car, unless you're a really, really good mechanic, you probably need experts to do that. But it's doable. And there's a process for it, and someone can probably make our project chart and saying we start there, and then this and this, and then we're done in two weeks ago or something like that. Mm. That's kind of the, the easy to understand part of this model that that's makes this differentiation between experts' domain and normal people's domain, if you will. There's not an expert within any given field. Mm. Where it becomes weird is when we introduce the word complex, which is now it's once called unordered. So think about something uh, in analogy. I, I don't want to emphasize you in this ever. But the, if you trip over the bucket of water and it turns off, you can pretty, you can figure out what will happen. But if you trip over, let's say a dog, go for, good luck figuring out what will happen. I mean, maybe nothing, maybe you'll get bitten, maybe something completely different. You don't really know. So in, in this domain, what we have to do is just try something, see what works, and then adapt from there. And uh, the way uh, the author would say this is when we have this kind of reality, uh, oftentimes humans are involved. And this is where we just need to try something safe to fail experiments. So if you ever heard about doing a proof of concept, this way we'll do those, a lot of them. Probably do more than one, mm -hmm. see what works, and then emphasize what, what works really well, and maybe de-emphasize what doesn't. So try doing experiments and learn from those. And then just know that the world can only be understood backwards and not forwards. You cannot have a man before you start. You need to, your plan is basically just try and then see what happens. And based on that, then, uh, then learn something. The last part of this simplified edition of the model I'm talking about here is called chaos, which is where there's absolutely no rules. It's just, hey, good luck. 
it's not a nice place to be, but sometimes we've all been there when, uh, I don't know, let's say we lose our luggage and don't know what to do. Uh, it could be a small example, but it could be, at least for my part, uh, we did a small or uh, a pretty big organization change uh, with no notice. So we just thrown into the deep end at the pool and saying, good luck, figure out something, which we don't really know what to do. You can use your experience, but will it work? Won't it work? The trick is just to do something, hmm. see what happens, and then try again. And if you take this way of looking at the world, which is kind of an extra level you can put on top of projects in GTD world, then if you take the natural planning model, which has its steps, permission, and so on down to what are we supposed to do now, sometimes it will make sense to map out everything. If you're down in the simple, or if you're expert in the complex part, you can map it out all the tasks ahead of you. You can do the organized step. You can just you have everything in place. You have your project list. You can just go do it. No problem. But if you're more on the unknown territory side of this, then you need to think a bit different. And sometimes that's difficult, at least also for me. I like to know I will win. I like to know I will achieve the goal before I start. But sometimes it's about having the vision and then just figuring out what is the next two steps I can take to get some feedback, to figure out what's going on, and then just revert to my project list saying, okay, I did that. I learned this. Now I can need to do this. But sometimes, uh, at least for me, going through a natural planning model is very different depending on which domain I'm in. Can I actually figure it out? Do we need to involve experts? Do anyone actually not know? Or are we just completely chaotic and just do something? And that was a long-winded answer to saying what is Kinevin, uh, but that would be my uh, initial response to that. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great description. So that's the different domains that we can then then work our way through. Um, one of the descriptions that I found uh, helpful for me to understand it was uh, one of the quotes was by distinguishing different domains in parentheses the subsystems in which we operate. It recognizes that our actions need to match the reality we find ourselves in through a process of sense making. So that's sort of the, the uh, perhaps more abstract way of, of saying so by recognizing the different domains that we might find ourselves in in relation to any given project that we're working on that then affects our thinking, whether it's a more simple, straightforward GCD project or something more strategic, complex that, that might involve the natural planning model. So I think you walked, uh, walked through that quite nicely. I think that it's about, about making sense of the world so you can act in it. And mm -hmm. I guess in a TTD sense, be effective. So don't do more than is needed, but do exactly what is needed. And that's very different from the different domains of how the world works. Hmm. Yeah. So how have you, you already touched on this, but how have you then worked uh, this uh, framework using, you know, in relation to GCD, how does that show up in, in your world? Yeah. So when I'm in the, either the, the simple domain where I can actually think about what's going to happen and plan it out. Or if I'm, for some reason, the expert on the subject at hand, then what I will do is just project management 101, sit down, build my work breakdown structure, and figure out what is the plan actually to, to move onwards here. If I'm not an expert, we're still in the complicated domain, I'll find the experts, try to facilitate some kind of planning workshop, and then figure out how to go about it. Mm, so that would then trigger a next action to talk to someone and then, yeah. you know, gain that expertise uh, where the more simple one would just be a straightforward project, uh, change tires on my car. That's pretty predictable what's going to happen. So that one is, is is definable all the way through to the end. And I, I can, I know the next actions that, that need to, to happen to get me there, right? Yeah, you're, you're so right uh, in a sense, but it's also something that is kind of personal. Because, I mean, I'm not able to change tires and I would break my car and my and the tire and probably also the neighbor in the same process, <laughs> right? So I need a mechanic for this. I need a trip over there, dog. <laughs> my, my next step would be call someone for help. Uh, but if you are able to figure it out, then it's easier, right? So it's also, it's not about the world in general. It's about 
how your abilities are to interact with the world in any specific country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's different from person to person, right? So sometimes uh, if you have experience enough, you can figure out how to do stuff and maybe not, then let's just try something. It, it differs a lot. Hmm. But I also think while uh, in, when I was younger, my expectations was that I could figure everything out. Of course, if I just knew enough, if I just learned enough, read enough, studied enough, I would be able to ascertain the entire system behind everything in the world. <laughs> I mean, and that becomes a very philosophical discussion. Is that possible or not? But at least I give it up uh, and uh, figure out that I will never be able to do that. I mean, I try a little bit sometimes, but I'm giving up and say, okay, sometimes it's not just possible. We just need to go into the different domains, just do something and try it out and see what happens. So we are in the complex area. The way you, you go about stuff like that is if you look at maybe strategy, then if you are in a more simple domain, you'll have what's called the planning school of doing strategy. So we all know about, uh, if you do strategy, Boston Consulting Group Matrix or something like that, where you have the stuff you're making a lot of money on and stuff you're not, and and so on. It's it's not really important to model, but you can Google it if you want to. Uh, But sometimes you can figure it out. And sometimes you're entering maybe a new market. You don't have any experience here. You just need to learn something, probably need to make mistakes, and then build on those. So you just go over in a complex world, just try something, and then just take it from there. So it's, it's basically all about what do you think you can actually figure out what's going to happen or not? And do you need to know? Because sometimes it's not even that important, right? If you just know where you're going or what, where you want to achieve more or less, then just going in one direction will probably bring you there at some mm-hmm. point in time. Back to the earlier discussions about projects and dramatically just appearing. Right? As, at least for me, buying a, a summer house was very complex. i never done it before. I didn't really knew anyone who'd done that. Uh, so how do you, what's important, what's not, how do you go about it, what's the process and so on and so forth. Doing it again, it would be it would just be complicated for me because I've done it before. I can do it again. So it's it's stuff moves around depending on your experience as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Does it also then? I imagine that it will be easier to define the sort of longer, not not necessarily longer term goal, but but I imagine that the duration of a project might be more. You know, let me let me maybe maybe phrase it differently. Um, when I know the outcome, I have a, a really clear outcome where I want to be. I can define that, and that will be my project. And that might be, you know, that's that's within the the twelve month uh, sort of limit on on projects in GCD. But I imagine with more uh, complicated or at least complex projects that it might be more difficult to define it. Or maybe you're able to define it, but you perhaps have more milestones along the way as you get smarter. You revisit, you revise the the that defined and decide outcome. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. And it's actually a very interesting question. And the dimension milestones is at least what I found is what makes it very, very easy to manipulate with the role. But let's just take it back to the start of your question. If you want to set goals when you don't know how stuff works, that's very, very difficult if you want to do the smart goals thing, right? Hmm. But if you want to keep it at the very high level, what is the vision, maybe even the, the principles, the standards I want to adhere to, we can keep those. That's probably achievable, at least to some extent. I mean, they make some force changes around uh, doing uh, the work on it. But being specific and saying, I want to achieve uh, 10 more of these within that time frame, it's not really doable because you don't know how to do it. You don't even know if it's possible to do it. Mm-hmm. So, so you need to have a more uh, milestone approach or even time box things saying, okay, I'll spend two weeks investigating this and figuring out if that's even something that's feasible. I'll learn something, I'll try again, and so on. 
And actually, that's uh, kind of the trick that is being used when you talk about agile for a lot of IT and other organizations, uh, Scrum specifically, is one of the things it does incredibly well is taking something that's complex and then by putting into these sprints the time box the period of time where you look at something or work on something, then it makes it more complicated. So you kind of a little bit push it over the border. So it's, I don't want to say easy, but easier to, uh, to work on. So, so exploring stuff and having milestones or time boxing is at least for me key to it. approaching stuff. I don't know what will happen for. Hmm. Yeah. So would that also, you know, let's say we have a, a complicated project or a complex project where you say, well, you need someone else's expertise on this. Um, let's say you were bringing in the natural planning model. Would then that also lend itself towards uh, maybe having a, a, a shared session using the natural planning model to sit down and everyone together and try to to define the, the desired outcome, the wild success vision, brainstorm together, and, and, and that that approach. I, I think uh, the answer to that is yes, but I will go even further and think if, if you're doing something together with people where it's not just, hey, I'm ordering ice cream, and then whoever serves me the ice cream is doing something else, right? but we're actually doing it together. We're working on something. Then I will always do that. Hmm. I might not use the natural trending model, depending on who's in the room and how they work and, and, and so on, but... I will always make sure that we have an agreement of what we want to achieve. Uh, I think the, there's two different ways of looking at this I want to mention here. One is that if you think about uh, Alice in Wonderland, this old uh, story not really done in Denmark a lot, but at least in the US, uh, is saying if you go somewhere and you could, I think the, Alice goes down and meets someone, a, a medical figure, and asks where you're going, she doesn't know. And then, well, the, the medical figure is not able to tell her if she could go left or right. Oh. Kind of similar. Uh, Sorry for everyone if I butchered that one. But uh, the, the way is, if we have a lot of people, or just some people, there's two people working on something. If we're not in agreement of what we want to achieve, how are we able to, to make decisions on our own? How are we able to figure out if, if we go that direction or that direction with any specific tasks? But if we have a shared goal or shared vision, at the very least, then we can easily work together and we easily collaborate on achieving something we don't know exactly what it is, and then just make sure we touch base and collaborate on it. So my answer would be always. Hmm. A different uh, thing from the military, uh, there's a saying there or something there called commander's intent that, uh, mm. that you probably notice a quote that in the, 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 the plans are great, but they don't help up the first meeting with the enemy. Right? Similar, I think everyone kind of says something similar. Mm, I think, yes, Mike Tyson said as well, right, that everyone has yeah. plans until they punch it, they're punched in the yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and similar, if you know what you want to achieve, then it's way easier when you hit reality to take actions going to one direction or another. But if you just agreed on the actions and we are in this world where we can't really figure it out, then how would you be able to decide on your own? And then you need to have a gazillion meetings and a lot of coordination and basically inefficient, everyone will hate it. But if we agree on what we want to achieve, if we can keep it on the top of the natural planning model, the vision step, the, maybe the principles as well, then we are in a really, really good shape. And it's, that's my experience. And then we can coordinate on the next steps for the next two weeks or whatever. But making sure we're in agreement on the vision and always checking in on that is, is key. Mm, yeah, no, that makes sense. That's uh, fascinating. So how do you, if, if we were to um, apply this in, in practice, when you come across projects, is that sort of a, a natural way for you to think about projects and think through which domain they kind of live in? And then that impacts how you think about the defining the desired outcome and also, of course, the next actions? It is. Uh, I always... And just by heart, I don't do it methodically, like saying, of oh, a checklist stuff, but the thing about what is the type of project, but, but not only for me, but also if there's more than me involved, what is it for the participants? Because if I, if I think this is just easy peasy, 
but someone else has never tried anything similar to that, then either we need to state it up front and figure out how we can make sure they learn along the process, or it could be obvious that I could know nothing and they can know everything similar to set up, uh, and, or figure out that we might, no, no one knows anything or whatever it is, and then based on that, create the shared vision and then the next steps needed to, to do that. I think that's important because otherwise you will end up nowhere. Uh, if you want to take that to a leadership model or management model called situational leadership, you always look at the specific task and the abilities, the competences, the motivation each individual have, and try to figure out how can we then move from here to where we want to, to be. I think the similar things go when you're starting a project with people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So if people were to, um, so I'll, I'll link in the show notes to, to the different uh, websites describing this. Um, any recommendations on, on your end with regards to how to get started by using this, uh, this framework? Yeah, uh, two things. One is uh, go and watch uh, one of the videos that Lars will, will link to, because that will just start your thinking about it. And then, uh, at least the way I internalized it, I took my uh, weekly review, and then I said, okay, there was this stuff I've been working on the last week. Where is it actually? Is it something that's simple, or is it complicated, or is it complex, or what are we talking about? And everyone will think now that, yeah, false, but that's stupidly simple. But at least to me, it made me a lot of aha moments saying, okay, that's why that didn't work, right? That's why I couldn't persuade them to do this because they see it differently, or that's why I couldn't achieve this goal because I didn't plan it out properly because I should have or, or whatnot. So just having those kind of reflections, this was how I got started with it, and I can only recommend uh, doing that. And if you're not up for doing that, if you want something simpler or maybe easier, then if you have the natural planning model, if you're using that, of course, we all have that in our notebooks. Of course. Uh, then just the, who doesn't? Uh, I have a laminated version, so I always bring it with me, but just make sure you kind of uh, somehow either just check out what are we talking about, because that also hints to you what type of planning are we actually able to do here. Mm. Because if you are in the complex domain, mapping out the 10 next actions might not make sense. It might it might not, but it's it, probably thinking about it from here to finish will not make no sense because you're not able to do it anyway. So just mm. think about the next couple of actions and try those. And I mean, to me, my personality profile, that's pretty, I can live without. I think I can without uh, making a too mad to my wife and her personality profile, she really won't like that because mm -hmm. she wants to have the, the plan thought out beforehand. So going on vacation, she likes, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then I say, hey, let's go that direction, see what happens. Mm -hmm. We have a bit of a different attitude towards that. Uh, and for her, living in, in that domain, the complex domain, is a bit difficult. You try, you need to do a little bit more, push yourself a little bit. And similar for me, living in, in the similar domain, I just overcomplicate things way too much. And mm. so that can be for me sometimes. So just knowing who you are and how you approach it is also probably important. Yeah, no, that's that's a great tip. And as you say that, first of all, I'm reminded that a project we just discussed in a business meeting earlier today, that's that's certainly complex, and that um, that requires some some different thinking. So so that already opened up some new thoughts for me. Um, and and the other one was that perhaps this this mind like water uh, yeah. thinking or approach from getting things done is also really impacted by this because I can imagine, like you're saying, with the different types of of individuals that we all are, whether the the right amount of planning. And what we can actually expect to to have, you know, a clear picture of, and what we still have as unknown. Perhaps this can actually help in saying, yeah, I, I know these steps. I know that the the future is unknown there, and that's as much as you know details we can get. So perhaps that will help someone in in that direction as well. 
I think that's a good point, setting the right expectations for yourself mm. as well. But I think in addition to that, uh, having that mind-like order, if you want to achieve it, one of the things that DCD does for me is getting this mindfulness being present mm. uh, and being able to be present and just handle whatever comes at me makes it easier for me to handle the complex domain where I can't predict stuff, but I know I'm in control, if you will, of my tasks, what I want to achieve. And if something happens, then I know what I'm not doing so I can focus on it without having a too bad of a conscience or at least setting new expectations or agreements or, or whatnot. So having that mind-like water feeling also helps me at least going into it because I know come what may, we can probably figure it out. Mm, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. As we as we wrap up, coming back to GCD, um, what's next for you with your GCD practice? Uh, so um, there's two things, I think. Uh, one is I'm really, really not good at clarifying. I, I mean, if you look at my system, my most of my actions, most of my projects will be just two words, maybe three. And if you go through the positive list of what I should state, it doesn't really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most often, it just doesn't really matter for me because I'm able to handle it, right? But sometimes, sometimes I don't have a lot of energy. And then just having to even think about what I'm supposed to do now makes it something I don't do. So I, I need mm-hmm. to improve my, especially for my, my next actions, the phrasing of them. So it's something I can a little bit more easily do. And I think it especially hits me when I have like five minutes on my phone. I have a, a list, a context-wise phone, but sometimes it just says a name. Mm. And then it, it actually want, is this like a long call or short call or what do I actually want to ask ah, shit, I'll do it later. Yeah. Right. So being a little bit more specific on clarifying some of my actions, I think the one thing and the other thing is, it's a continuous journey for me, but being better and better and better and integrating what we call higher horizons into my projects so it actually materializes, as we talked about earlier. That'll be yeah. that's uh, the two next steps for me. Yeah, well, that sounds really good. And it's, you know, uh, just a good reminder for everyone out there listening, you know, 15, 20 years of GCD experience, coming back to the clarify step. <laughs> I, I love that. And that's, you know, I can recognize that. And I recognize that from a lot of people that uh, that we come across and, and also work with. This was really, really interesting, Then I have to go back and, and listen to this uh, again and, and reflect more on my projects from, from this perspective. Um, thanks so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. It's been fun. Well, thank you for having me and well, have a great day. Thanks. Dan. Uh, that was an interesting interview with uh, Don. And I hope that you as a listener uh, got something out of the Kinevin and uh, got inspired by, um, by Don uh, and his um, experience with getting things done. Um, anything that you would like to add before we end this episode, Loris? No, just a lot of fun to to talk to Dan. So many interesting things to reflect on from from this uh, this interview. Um, and I really hope that this was interesting for you, the listener or viewer as well. Um, if it made sense to you, if you benefit from it now or later, uh, as always, we'd, we'd love to hear from you, podcastadviceoflearning.dk. Um, and this is also a great opportunity to remind you that you should perhaps consider becoming a GTD trainer. This mm-hmm. is, you know, you get to meet so many interesting people. It is mm. really a, a joy and there's a, it's a, such a rewarding uh, job. So again, if you've ever thought about it, look into it. Uh, if you're in the Nordics, this, mm. you know, you can reach out to us outside the Nordics, uh, find your local partner at cruciallearning.com. A lot mm. of uh, fun. So quick reminder on that one as well. Yes, yes. Become a trainer and help uh, teach people skills that can change their lives. 
Yeah. So with those words, I would like to tell you, as I always do, please, until next time, stay safe and stay productive. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Og nå slo jeg ikke på mikrofonen. <laughs> Kom stær. Ja, vi må bare se en gang til da, for nå blir det minnet om noe. <laughs>